What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late-night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. All right. So today we are talking about Arrested Development. Um, and just before we started the show, Chris and I and Steve were sort of discussing the fact that this is, while it is a great show, it's a difficult one to sort of do a, a podcast about your favorite episodes because there are there are so many good episodes of this show, and it's got such a cult following that I'm almost like I'm almost nervous to do this episode to be honest because the of the fifty people that'll listen to it, it's going to be like hardcore Arrested Development fans. And those people know their shit. So we're going to do our best. Okay, so let's start with this. How would you describe this show, what this show is, to someone who has no idea what Arrested Development is? This is Shit's Creek, but funnier and more original. Ooh, I don't like that how description. You like, how you like me now, Steve? How you like me now? Um. Well, here's 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 the only thing. First off, Shit's Creek is amazing. Yeah. So stop dissing Shit's Creek. I didn't diss it. I didn't diss it. I don't think they're similar at all. Like the it's, it's it's rich families that get put in a situation where they don't have money and they have to do crazy weird things to survive. It's the same at its core. It's the same. And I've watched one episode of Shit's Creek. Don't you think that the format for for Arrested Development is just just unique? No doubt, no doubt, and and how do you? But how do you describe that? Like, okay, so there's a narr- there's a narrator who's narrating, and Ron Howard. There's all these crazy. There's all these stories going on, all these like different like plot lines, but they like overlap and they go back and forth between time. And it's this incredible cast before they were huge. I mean, this cast, when you look at it from, I think this was, so started in 2003. First off, we all know fucking Jason Bateman fucking blew up in Team Wolf 2. We've Here we we go talked again about Team this. Wolf okay. Here we go again with Team Wolf 2. Have you watched Team Wolf 2? Of course not. Why not? Because I've been watching a lot of Evil of Bam lately. Rewatching it. Okay? Rewatching it. Don't use that as an excuse. But yes, the fucking cast is phenomenal. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, even before, I mean, like, you have Michael Sarah at, like, 14 or 15 years old. And, I mean, he is just as funny in this as he is in Superbad. I mean, he, you could tell just how awkward and uncomfortable and Canadian he was in that first season. Like, there's so many times where he's like, I don't know about that. About that. And it's like, Michael, you're, you're supposed to be American. Yeah, it's because um, I w- actually went back to go check the the dates to see, like, was this pre super bad, you know, and things like oh, that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is his first job, I think, if I recall. But he was just so per- like the casting in this show was just perfect. I mean, we can get into characters obviously later, but like the fact that uh, the David Hor- Horowitz, the creator, went to Tobias David Cross. Isn't it like, Michael? He's like, no, take whatever part you want. He's like, I just want you to be in this. Like, is, no, he, I'm saying, isn't the creator Michael? Horowitz. Oh, Mitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you meant George. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Mitch Horowitz. Yeah. Who did I say? I think you said David. Whatever. Close enough. I don't like the name Mitch as a Bears fan. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> I got distracted by Mitch. You're Trubisky. talking about the casting. 
Oh, um, yeah. And so they were like, they went to David Cross and they were like, listen, we want you to be in this. Take any part. And he read Tobias and he's like, Tobias is fucking hilarious. He's like, I'm going to do Tobias. And then, like, I guess he had like a big deal where he's like, I will only do Tobias if I can have a mustache. Like, that has to be part of my character. Like, Tobias has to have a mustache. So, like, and David Cross isn't huge. I mean, him and Bob Odenkirk, you know, are successful comedians together. But Bob Odenkirk obviously had a whole, you know, other career as Better Call Saul and, you know, Breaking Bad. So he would kind of broke off. But David Cross is just this hilarious, hilarious guy. Um, Early Portia de Rossi. I mean, she was just perfect in that role of of a... high-strung, bitchy, rich daughter, spoiled. I mean, she was just perfect. Um, just, I, I, and I don't even really like Lindsay, but again, she was just, like, perfect. Buster, uh, Tony Hale reprising his, or, you know, he reprised his role as Buster in Veep, which I loved having, you know, Buster that close to the vice president. I just, that, that to me, was the core of the show. Now, I don't mean to, I don't mean to rant, but it took me a long time to get into this show. Like I watched my my sister and brother in law were like, "Listen, you're gonna love this show. Just watch it." So like I would go over to their house when I was like 21, and I would like play with their dog, and I would stay overnight and drink and 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 spend the night. They like watch the show, watch the show, and I watched it. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like it's just not funny to me until I got to the third episode, which was bringing up Buster. And that episode just absolutely hooked me. And from then on in, I was I watched every episode straight through, and I was just an absolute massive fan. Because this was originally on Fox, and I just, you know, randomly found it. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, this new show. And I was like, obviously, huge fan of Bateman from Teen Wolf 2, obviously. And uh, I just, you know, started watching it and fucking got hooked right away. But I think I agree with you, Dan. If you start watching the show, you could easily get turned off. Oh, so easily. Like, I feel like you need to have a certain appreciation for this comedy style. And it's a show that you really have to pay attention to. And I think after, you know, rewatching it, it's just probably like I've probably seen the first three episodes, three seasons uh, this is probably my third or fourth time watching that, and then my first time watching season four and five. But like, even going back and seeing episodes I've seen a handful of times, there's just so many ways. Easter eggs. So many what? Easter eggs. Easter Easter eggs. Yes, but also like just the jokes that I know. Hearing them again, it's like I just see them in a different way. Right, because this show is like so well written. Like the writing on this show is fucking amazing. It goes very deep. The jokes have multiple, multiple levels, and it it almost takes multiple watches to get them. I I've probably seen it the first three seasons. Uh, I don't know, ten to fifteen times all the way through. I love. I'm telling you, when I got into Arrested Development, I fell in love with it. Like I could not get enough of it. I was when the when they dropped the fourth season, I was at midnight with my buddy refreshing Netflix for it to come on because I was so excited for it. Very disappointed, but I will. But we'll get to that. But this was to me like just the perfect show, and I it was it, it every single character except one, which we'll get into. Um, I loved 
every guest star. I mean, the show, the the list of fucking guest stars on this show is just insane. Like, and it only got three seasons. So I, I it's one of those ones where it's like, if we ever do an episode of shows that were canceled too soon, this will be number one on the list. Well, I was reading today that there was a bunch of like really A-list celebs that wanted to be on the show as a guest star. And it got canceled before they could. I mean, and that that I that's interesting. But I mean, if you look at it, there were a list: Henry Winkler, Liza Minnelli, Ed Begley Jr., Amy Poehler, Charlize Theron, Scott Baio. I mean, if you don't if you don't think Scott Baio an a list, I don't I don't know what who you think an a lister is. And not to mention, well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that they didn't have no. a list. I'm just no, no, saying, no, 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 like, no. I, I'm just kidding. A list celebs were lining up to be on the show because they loved it so much. And, and like the roles they played, like how the hell did they get Charlize Theron to be Rita? Like it's incredible. For British eyes, Miss Mister F. Yeah, what a random ass storyline to be like. You need to be immensely handicapped super loaded person from England that you live in this town called like little London or whatever, where people drive on. The That's other just s- randomly in the U S in Venice beach. Yeah. In the OC. And yeah, like, yeah, it's just, it, it, and, and she went with it and she was great in it. I mean, um, who was, uh, I can't, I, I wanted to look him up. He just died from Kirby enthusiasm. He played, uh, Oh, he was the proxy, right? Yeah, he was the proxy. And that it was one of the funniest fucking characters in the show. Like, for the little parts that he was in it, when he looked in the mirror and fired himself, he's like, you're fired. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, what's his name? Oh, that's going to... Bob Bob Einstein? Is that? No. I know who you're talking about. It's... Uh, I know. Exa- yeah, I can't even know. think of his character from Curb. Bob Einstein. I was right. All right. Good for me. Yeah, so that's just one of the many facets that I think made this show great. Um, it definitely jumped the shark, speaking of Henry Winkler. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but it's one of those things where I don't know if it was a cash grab or what, but they, I was very surprised they did it. I mean, it was 10, year, 10 plus years later. that You don't really see shows come back. I mean, you do now, I guess, more than lately, but or more than before, but... Um, I was very surprised when I heard the news that this was coming back. Were you though, with how everything comes back nowadays? Though, but it, this I was kind of before that. This was kind of this Bill was kind of Ted the, three. But this is kind of the we start need a of Bill and Ted three. Absolutely, well, the world does. Um, Sorry, Steve. Be excellent to each other. All right. Um, no, I mean, this, but this was kind of before the wave of things restarting this kind of started it like netflix bought the rights to it this is one of the first shows i think that they did that with where they bought it and made it their own and and put a label on it so i don't i don't know it was i was very excited because i had high expectations and i really shouldn't have because i i know from experience or from watching different reunions or whatever these actors and actresses just forget how to play these roles. Like, it's just so clear. Like, if you watched uh, The Connors, like, even even a great actor like John Goodman, even a good actor like John Goodman can't remember how to play. Like, he, it was 30 years ago. So how you can't remember how to play the same character. That was Dumb and Dumber 2. Like, I had high expectations for that. I shouldn't have. Those guys, A, um, Daniels, what's his first name? Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is like an incredible actor now. 
So him going back to playing his dumbass role, I shouldn't, I, I can't go on a phone and rant on Dumb and Dumber too. But I had very high expectations. Shows like this, um, movies like Dumb and Dumber Two, have substantially lowered my expectations for reboots. Like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I saw that trailer. I'm sorry, I thought that looked like shit. I, 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 I think the exact same thing. I just thought though, like Keanu Reeves, like has no idea how to play a 22-year-old stoner who time travels. Like, he just doesn't, because he's not. Okay, so two two thoughts there. If you saw a trailer for Bill and Ted now, you would also think that it looks stupid, because it is stupid, and that's the point. Uh, two, I don't know if we can really blame... Let's just dive into the whole season four thing. Like, I don't know if we can really blame the actors for the train wreck that that was like, well, they all had different schedules and shit. Like then none of them were together. Like that was the worst part of it. It was like, yeah, they should not have done it if they couldn't do it properly. So uh, it seems like a cash grab to me, but that's kind of, on, that's kind of on the actors. Then in my opinion, that's, that's, that's not on the writing staff. Didn't do that. Let me ask you this. Okay. Have you guys watched season four as the remix version yes. where they did the re-editing. Yes. Yes. Now, I'll agree with you. Compared to the other seasons, it's not on the same level. But are you saying that season four is like like awful? Are you saying it's okay? Like what what are your thoughts? I'm saying season four is like season nine of Scrubs. Yeah. I I'm usually pretty forgiving of these types of things as far as quality goes, and I think season four is terrible. Like it was an abomination. I mean, it was you. You would literally have like six conversations going on at the same time, and you could like tell like one of the conversations was in front of a green screen. Like you, you could it, just having like bringing in Seth Rogen and bringing in uh, Kristen Wiig. Like that's just bringing in names to bring in names. The the whole storyline of uh, I think again the season four. I haven't watched it in a while, but the Lucille Alstero dies. Right, someone pushes her down that's the stairs. Five. I think that's season five. That's uh, season five. Okay, so. I don't even I don't even remember what the main storyline for season four is, to be perfectly honest. As someone who just watched season four, um, and I think I think the first time around I started to like same same thing with you, Dan. I was super excited that they're bringing it back. I started watching like five episodes and it became one of those shows where it was a, a background show while I was like on my phone. So, like, I missed a lot of it, and then I'm, like, halfway through the season, and I just forgot about it. So then, to prepare for the show, I rewatched it as the remix, and I was like, whoa, this is way better than it originally was. My main thing, so my, my take on season four is it's not great, but it was entertaining. Um, I thought there were certain points and jokes that hit hard, and I, la- I laughed. But my main thing was that the fucking, the timeline for everything is so fucking convoluted. They try to do way too much in season four. Like, was this you, one where Michael goes to college? Yeah. He yeah. goes to the same college as, and then uh, someone, or uh, what's her name? Lucille's on trial and they need like a marine lawyer or whatever, which is what Michael, maritime lawyer, which is what Michael pretended. It's, and I, they just try to do way too much fucking shit. And the problem was like, okay, obviously, uh, you know, you do step back in time in the show, right? Like, they'll be like, oh, remember this scene? And, like, they'll take the scene that happened, like, two days ago, and they'll kind of expand it to show more or whatever. But, like, what they were doing in season four, 
there was so much shit going on. So, like, there'd be something that would happen in, like, episode two. And then, like, episode eight would have a callback for it. And you're like, I don't even remember that happening. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm reminded of that scene of them, like, in the police station where all of them are there and they're all having different conversations. And you only get one side of each conversation, like, per episode. And then it's, like, the one where... Tobias twirls around it. I'm not a fallacy. And like, and all this, like literally 10, 15 different things are happening in this room that they keep cutting back to then cutting back to. And it's like, uh, it was, it was exhausting really watching. It was like, it was trying to piece it together. I felt like I was watching like game of Thrones, like, and it shouldn't, it just wasn't, it wasn't that complicated of a show in the beginning. It's, it got, it got ridiculous towards the end. I mean, it got, it got out there, but I think that's because they knew they were getting canceled and they wanted to go out on a on a crazy note, which is exactly what they did. I mean, they did the episode where they had the the 3D, everybody put your 3D glasses on. They threw tomatoes at the at the camera and then they had the, you know, uh, you know, guys, I don't think the Home Builders Association is going to be helping us. It's like, yeah, HBO is not going to be helping us anytime soon. And like, all right, guys, it's showtime. Like trying to find a new network to get the show on, it, making those jokes in the sh show. I remember in one episode too. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Ron Howard's like, at the, right before it cuts to the intro, he's like, "Please tell your friends about this show." <laughs> there was a there was a reference to, and you know, season four obviously was, you know, ten years later, and you had um, uh, fuck, what's what's uh George Senior's real name? I can't think of it. Jeffrey Tambor. He was doing transparent and they made like the joke, like he's trying on women's clothes, clothing and you know, like they're like, Oh, it's a perfect fit for him. It's just so transparent. And like, obviously they like were over the top of the joke on purpose um, to make it obvious, but I don't know. So did you know about George that he was not supposed to be on the show? He was just supposed to be in the pilot. Jeffrey Tambor. So he was initially just supposed to be, and then he was going to be in jail the whole time. They were not going to visit him. They weren't going to do anything. But he loved it so much, and they loved it so much that they wrote him in, essentially. And then that's why they created Oscar, his twin brother, was to have another Jeffrey Tambor running around. But he initially was not, he was only signed on for one episode. Well, it's a good choice. He's a great, he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. And Ron Howard wasn't even supposed to be the narrator. He was just filling in. Did you see that weird thing, though, towards the fifth season? Because Jeffrey Tambor's had some issues lately. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's so much Me Too where he was sexually harassing anybody or anything, but apparently he's just very erratic on set. And um, the woman who plays Lucille, Jessica Walter, was doing an interview with all of them where she basically like broke down and started crying about an incident where he just started yelling at her on on set because of how poorly she was doing in this scene literally brought her to tears i was i was shocked to hear that he just just does not seem like that type of guy hmm. do you guys remember that story no i've never heard that i mean it's possible yeah no i mean it was it was she was sitting right in front of him telling the story and he was trying to apologize as best he could but yeah um but anyways one one character i mean one person we haven't really even mentioned yet which is kind of surprising is will arnett i mean that's he's another just huge name now and he plays just such an absolutely ridiculous character in the show um of joe bluth which does anybody know what job stands for george oscar bluth yeah 
Well, let's get let's let's get into characters, right? Because there's obviously tons of characters that we need to talk about. But we, yeah, we just kept talking about different actors. I want Will Arnett just absolutely murdered the role of of Job, which, by the way, I believe is based on Donald Trump Jr. But oh, speaking speaking of of Trump, so did he just steal the build a wall idea from this show? No, I think that was that was after, right? Yeah, no, that was season five, so that would have been after. Yeah, yeah. they were making. No, fun of remember? Him. No, that was. I think they were trying to no. build a wall in season four. No, they were. No, they no no because it was Lindsay was like running for office and she was trying to be like a female Trump, and no, and remember <laughs> that's like one of the few funny things I remember from the fifth season is, season is when they're driving around the wall in an RV to show that they built the wall and it's just a big water container and busters and the passenger seat just getting sick as hell because they're driving in circles. No, oh, yeah, it is season. It's season four when they start talking about the wall. And what year is that? 2013. Yeah, maybe they did. Okay. Touche. Touche, uh-huh. Chris. Oh, and also on a, a political note. Okay. Lucille Bluth looks exactly like Nancy Pelosi. I think oh. I think they look. Oh, they fucking do. I, just look like okay. Just obviously old, not like just identical, but women. look at images. Like I was watching some shit, and then like something came up in my feed for Pelosi. Dude, Lucille's hot. Lucille's hot. What Pelosi's you think Lucille, Lucille too is hot? No, Lucille. Blue. Not Lucille. What's two. wrong with Lucille? Lucille too is Liza Minnelli. Fucking Liza Minnelli. I mean, she's great, but she's dead. Um. No, but Jessica Walters like Gilfie, you know. I mean, you're telling me if you had a choice between her and Nancy Pelosi? Well, they're identical, so it wouldn't matter. They fucking. They <laughs> I thought fucking, you just said they, they were. Thought you said they, said they weren't identical. Alike. Tell tell me they don't look similar. You're telling me that Nancy Pelosi doesn't look. They're just old. Oh, they're oh yes, they look similar in that they're are both old white women. I th- I think I think I never noticed that, but I think they do look similar. But they're like their personalities and. Ways of carrying themselves are so different that it's hard to compare. I guess. Oh well, how did well, how did you get into the show, Steve? I don't. I think I don't. I heard from Chris. I I talked about it. Uh, I this was one of the first shows I remember binge watching on the streaming platform. I remember watching it on like version one of Hulu in like two thousand nine or whatever. And being so enraged that it would just play the same commercials over and over and over again. And guess guess what? Hulu still hasn't figured out a decade later. Like <laughs> how to use data and stuff to display different commercials. So um, yeah, I, I had friends that were really into it when I was in high school. So that would have been like 2005. Um, but I didn't get into it until a couple of years later. 2005 was a great year. Um, what are some of you guys' favorite characters now that we're talking actors and actresses? Before we get into that, I just want to ask this question. Oh. Because I think we were on another podcast. We were talking about how Jason Bateman plays the straight man in this show. But after rewatching it, isn't every fucking character on the show an idiot? Like every fucking character? Michael isn't. No, 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 Michael no, 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 no. They kind, no, no. they kind of address that. They kind of address that in season five, where he's like, "I thought that I was the, the one holding the family together, but I, I wasn't," and that sort of thing. 
Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, but I mean no, he no, wasn't no. an idiot. Okay, originally when we talked about it like a few weeks ago, on the same page with you, like oh Michael is a smart guy, blah blah blah. But like going back into um, watching seasons four and five, oh, smart, but smart guy and straight man are different. However you want to phrase it, right? Like he is almost on the same idiot level right like and i what i mean by that is like so he's so those characters are idiots because that's what's funny right like tobias being a fucking idiot is funny you know what i mean um but i feel like they're all idiots maybe maybe george senior is the only one that's not an idiot but they're all because okay here's for example but they're all okay they all turn into idiots by the end but Seasons one through three. Michael going to go live with his son in the college dorm room and doing. Uh, again, I I don't. I think that's like Arrested Development. 2. So we're just not. That we're just like going to not be able to talk about that. No, you can talk the about fact it, but that I don't. He was trying to print out stuff on the dental 3D printer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they waited. Okay, listen. I, I, he turned. He definitely. Uh, I'll give it to you. He turned into even like lady. early seasons. The infamous there's always money in the banana stand it's like his dad's like i told you so many times there's always money in the banana stand and he thought he was being smart and burning it down but it's like no there's money in the banana stand but he but he looks at it from a business perspective and he's thinking he's like yeah okay that's the only thing that's making money in the blue company right now is the banana stand so when he said like george senior just said it should have said there's money taped to the banana stand he was in prison though you can't like and they would have been fine and you're telling me, you're telling me Lucille wouldn't have known about that. Like, Lucille was the one by the end we found out that was running everything. But yes, okay, I'll give it to you. They all turn into idiots. By not the that end, there's anything wrong I, with it, I, right? Like, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that that was bad. I love the show. We're not, it's we're not hilarious. Idiots I'm just giving my opinion based on my rewatch and my perception of Michael has changed. I just i I like to think of it as two separate shows. You have Arrested Development and Arrested Development 2. And Arrested Development 2, they drastically change character personalities. I mean, they they made Job gay. Like, that was with, with Tony Wonder. Like, that was the dumbest shit in the world. Job Job's character went off the rails a lot in season five. They pretty much all did. I mean, Lindsay, Lindsay moved in with a guy who couldn't see faces. Um, uh, Tobias was addicted to methadone. Thinking he was uh, in the Fantastic Four, Daddy's here to get his well, rocks off. Okay, okay. Like, so then first he gets, off, then he becomes a sexual Job predator because they needed a gay character on the show. They didn't have gay. They had Tobias. Tobias is gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, well, he's a never nude. Did you know that's a real thing? I did. I did. There are dozens of us. Dozens of us. Zach Braff is one of them. <laughs> Oh, where they were filming like the college girl shit or whatever. Yeah, girls, the uh, girls with low self esteem. Okay, I was gonna say that the only characters that I don't like, I hate Lindsay. I yep, hate Lindsay. On my list too. But you're supposed hate... to. She's another one where you're you're supposed yes. to hate her. I hate Lindsay. Uh, I hate fucking maybe. Maybe's the worst though. I I, I want to expand on that. I literally. There is not one storyline of hers besides her and George Michael's attraction to each other that I find funny. And again, it's just a cop out by the end of it. 
for them to be like, oh, they're not actually cousins. Like, shit like that just drives me nuts. Like, oh, it was a dream the whole time. No, they, they were fucking cousins. But she she's his aunt, right? Lindsay is... Lindsay is Lucille's sister, so maybe is... Wait, Lindsay's Lucille's sister? And let, I don't know. What are you that. talking about? See, what happened in the last... Okay, so I, I skipped part of the fifth season. Who is Lindsay's mom? It's Mimi. Who's Mimi? That's Lucille's mom, right? Oh. Okay. Uh, you're probably... Yeah, I'm like right there. Like where I stopped was like the introduction of Mimi and they were doing like the little kid talent show. I could muster up the courage to watch the fifth season again. It's just... I don't know. Um, but maybe... Back to maybe. I just could not stand her story. Every time she... I, the only the only two things I liked about her was how Tobias and Lindsay neglected her. I always thought that was absolutely hilarious. And I liked her relationship with, with George Michael. Other than that, she becomes this movie producer. Um... She pimps out Lindsay in season four. She literally becomes like a pimp. She's just she's got her hand in all this shit. She starts the app that the uh, face block or whatever and build like fake block, whatever the fuck it's called. Like I I could not stand any of her side stories. The one where she was uh Shirley Funky instead of maybe Funky, so she was getting money, you know, doing all these scams and shit like that. Her and Steve Holtz. I just, I did not understand. Like, I think you could have taken maybe out of the show and it would have been just as funny if not. Dan, marry me. (laughs) Yeah, like, cool. That's a funny, that's a funny thing to say. Which, again, another guest star is the dude from, that she says that to that actually wants to marry her is the guy, Simon Helberg from uh, Big Bang Theory. Well, here's the thing. Um, You have to have her because... Her? Um, George Michael's crush on her and how he acts is just hilarious. Like, I think you could have done something. Well, no, I, I, I okay. know what you mean. It definitely so, is a big... I don't know if it's season one or season two, but like when they're like trying to have the play and stuff like that, and he's, she's like, ah, plays are stupid. Oh, <laughs> yeah, plays are dumb. Oh, but I might be in it. You know, like, and he just is like going back and forth. Like, and then like the, the, when they go to see the movie, like the, the cousins movie, like a strange cousin, la cousin, la cousin dangereux, the dangerous cousin, and he's got the poster of that behind a poster. Michael tears down a poster, and he's got the cousins. I mean, again, that's like another Easter egg where it's just like. Speaking of eggs, um, what did you guys think of uh, Anne? Her? Did you know they were originally going to have a different person play Anne for every episode? That would have been, but good. they decided not to. That would have, I think it would have too. Yeah, that would have. Uh, I mean, I kind of like it that it, they didn't do that, but that would have been funny too. And well, that would have played into Michael not remembering. The only her. thing that was super weird was that um, Job was going to marry her, and he's like in his mid forties, and she was like eighteen, and like no one addressed that. That was weird at all. Wasn't that season four? Yes, that was season four. Yeah. yeah. My, he tried to have the threesome with her at the end of season three. They wanted to have the holy, the holy trinity, I believe is what he called it, because his new girlfriend helped him find God. Um, 
Yes, I, I mean, I just love the, some of the references. It's, it's as uh, Anna's the plane on Noah's face, you know, or she calls it, a, she takes the, she takes the eggs, takes some mayonnaise, she puts them both in her mouth and wiggles it around. She calls it a may and egg. And Michael's, <laughs> Jason's Bateman, Jason Bateman's face is one of the best, one of the best reactions. I use that gif like all the time. <laughs> I love that they got Alan Tudyk to play her dad too. That was another great guest role. That's one of my that's one of my favorite episodes is Meet the Veals. Um I just loved the the whole Michael thought that meeting the family would get him to break up and it turns out like everyone's just like super lovely like right my or, <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh Joe brings his puppet. Um what's this, Franklin and uh right before he's going to go do a super offensive thing George like hurts his wrist, so he just like walks past um, Mrs. Veal and like shakes her hand, awful nice one, nice to meet you. And he's like, "Oh, your family's so loving." He's like, "Oh, just just wait a little bit, wait a little bit." And then he ends up making out with Mrs. Veal. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a great episode and a, a solid guest appearance. One of my favorite quotes from that too is when he's talking about uh, when he's talking to the husband who you just mentioned, um, Miss Mr. Veal. Um, She's like, yeah, we, we got engaged when we were in high school. And he's like, yeah, I mean, you got to lock that down early. You know, it makes sense. But they're not, they're not, that's not her mother. That's not her biological mother, right? Are you on the same page with disliking Lindsay and uh, maybe Steve? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick characters that I, out of the core cast, I definitely like those two the least, which that's not to say I dislike them because it's, I mean, look at the competition that they have, right? Like, it's every other member is amazing, and those two are slightly less amazing characters. But yeah, I think they, I mean, I think they play their place in the show. So, who's your guys' number one out of the core cast? I have to pick Tobias just because it's up there between Job, Tobias, and Buster, I think. But just the stuff that Tobias says just takes it to another level. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest one of the greatest quotes of all time comes from Tobias when he's like, I prematurely shot my wad in what was supposed to be a dry run, if you will. So now I'm afraid I have a bit of a mess on my hands. Like, that is one of the, like, and then you have Michael being like, man, buddy, maybe you should just carry around a recorder, listen to the things you say throughout the day, play it back, and at the end of the day, and then he actually does that, and at the end, he says something stupid. He's like, Tobias, you blow hard. <laughs> um, since Steve went with Tobias, which Tobias would probably be mine as well. Um, but I I loved Buster for like probably like the first second, first, second, third season got a little goofy again with him losing the hand and the claw and all that. I thought that was goofy, but it was funny that he lost it to a loose seal. Um, you know, that had gotten the taste for human because, uh, because to- or Job fed it a cat and then Job's out in the water on the ocean trying to throw cats in the ocean, try to catch the, catch the seal with kitty, with the taste for kitty blood. Um, speaking of kitty, another great guest star was the receptionist kitty who is, she seems like she's in everything. She's just I just was finished up Californications. She was a prostitute in that, a very, a very good looking prostitute with very normal looking breasts. Unlike um, Kitty, this will be the last time you'll ever see these. My favorite Kitty scene. Well, I guess it's really more of a Lucille scene. 
where like they're I think it's like a spring break situation, like the whole spring break plot and they're in some like, you know, senior frogs place and they like have a drink off and yeah, after Lucille yes, gets out of rehab. And Lucille's like taking shots and she's like, that doesn't count. And then just like continues to just like drink her under the table. That's just a warm up. <laughs> yeah. Lucille, Lucille had her moments. There was one of my favorite Lucille moments is when um, she's like, I love all of my children equally. It was like one of the first episodes. And then it cuts immediately to her saying, I don't care for Job. <laughs> like she, she was so great. Um, I I always thought her and uh, Jeffrey Tambor had good chemistry. Um, when they were together, when when he was under a house arrest, all the all of his escape attempts with the balloons and the um one character we haven't mentioned by the way is Anyang. Um, that's how we should have started the show. We should have all said Anyang. I actually had him on my list of if I had to pick a side character I dislike, it's Anyang. I think they really drove that joke into the ground personally but he's what ended up taking him down though Anyang I did that once at a Chinese restaurant in uh, in Macomb Illinois just like because I was watching the show at the time and like a waitress like stopped and like said I was like <laughs> I was just talking about a TV show I'm sorry was he Vietnamese I was gonna say I don't even know if he was Chinese because <laughs> remember because remember uh Lucille got drunk and she got mad at Buster for not finishing his his soup or whatever. And she's, I'm gonna adopt a son that will finish his soup. And then he just showed up one day. So, um, I think we're a pro Tobias cast because Tobias would be my number one, just because for all the reasons and many more that you guys said. Um, even when it was bad, I thought he was good. Like even like season four when he was, when he was doing the um when he was with that debris oh, person, Maria Bamford, which is yeah, a hilarious. I mean that was uh, comic by the way. Sure, I never heard of her, but I they were at least there was at least something funny about there was always something funny going on with Tobias, and I again I think he had the best. The best one-liners of the show. I mean, there's there's just too many to even, like... And not only that, like, everything that was written for him was, like, so deep. Like, do you remember, um... Do you remember the uh, time he was doing, uh... Mrs. Featherbottom? Like, the Mrs. Doubtfire shit? Oh, yeah. Which was, like, yeah, his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the agency Which was hysterical. Me. Like, how he would come in in all these fucking disguises and shit. Like, trying to act... He did oh, the umbrella. Just hilarious. And everyone's just like, okay, cool. He was singing, like, instead of, like, a spoonful of sugar, he was like, a squirt full of frosting makes the medicine go down. And, like, just the whole, like, Tobias is gay thing, like, is just, I mean, like, everything he did was just fucking hilarious. Like, even in season five, which, again, not great, where he was um, hanging out with, like, debris and uh what was his son's name murphy brown and like they were dying they're like they were trying to hide their mustaches so they would like die in pink like just stupid shit like that it was just so fucking funny like i just love his character well and he just had such great moments too like i don't even know what the situation or what the setup was i can't remember off the top of my head but he's at the show at the store shopping for uh uh bathing suit and comes out in a speedo with his 
jean shorts on and underneath it because he's a never nude and asked, Does, do these effectively hide my thunder? And then there's one scene where him and Lindsay are fighting and like uh, maybe comes around the corner and he's he's about to call, <laughs> about to call her the C word. He's like, you country music loving woman, like little things like that. Like just, oh, God, I love Tobias. Uh, another one. Oh, a pregnancy test. There's something we never had, huh, Lindsay? No, we had our we had to create our little Frankenstein monster out of science, money, and a dash of notice. Maybe walking. Maybe how how long have you been standing there? <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens. He's he's the best by far. I mean the the Blue Man Group thing. I blew myself. I mean that was. I I I'm I'm afraid I uh, I'm afraid I already blew myself, Michael. That the scene where Michael's like, oh, Dad's always had a you know a knack for hiding money in the walls, so he just takes a sledgehammer to the wall, and Tobias is in there like bluing himself, and he just pokes his head through the hole in the wall, and he's like, what was that? Oh, I blew myself. Turns out, I, I saw this sign for a thing called a Blue Man Group, and I thought it was a <laughs> group of men who were all sad, <laughs> and the fact that like. Oh, no, no, he did. No, he saw a sign that was like Blue Man Group. It was like a, a support group for men, and he showed up as a blue man. I feel like a <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> um, the uh, the fact, like, just the start of his story where he was like, oh, yeah, I was like the head of uh, psychiatry at, like, Princeton or Stanford or something. But, you know, acting was calling me. And, like, and there's all these... He was the, he was the world's first anographist. And uh, <laughs> there was... <laughs> that did not look good on a business card. Um, but there was the, the story. Remember, he lost his license because he, a man was sleeping and he gave him CPR and, like, broke his chest. And, like, that's why he lost his medical license. Well, he was, you know, he was looking for a new start. <laughs> There's another one too where he's where he goes to buy some leather and he's like, So what are you looking for? Are you looking for anything? He's like, Oh no, I think he's buying a wig and she's like, Oh, I, I suppose I'm bi curious. And then uh one time when he's supposed to go to the Gothic castle, he gets in he's all leathered up because maybe he's in the leather, so he's trying to be a leather daddy. And he's like he gets in the cabin, he's like, uh the Gothic castle, castle please and the cab the Gothic asshole. That's what I said. And it's a gay bar, and he walks up, and he's like, I'm here for the magic, and they let him in. <laughs> and then, like, every time, like, they try to, like, put hair on Tobias, right? Like, with the plugs, and it's just, like, bleeding the whole time. And then, like, he would, like, draw, like, take a permanent marker and, like, draw hair on. I'm Michael. Yep. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes of all time. I just came across that I completely forgot about it. He's like... First of all, we're doing this for her. Okay, this is when him and maybe or him and uh, Lindsay separate and start dating other people. Uh, first of all, we're doing this for her. Okay, because neither one of us wants to get divorced. And second, I know you're the big marriage expert. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Your wife is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a. I fucking loved bias. Yeah, I'm glad they never went down that path. Uh, in like the flashbacks in season four and five with like let's bring in michael's wife and that sort of thing it's like i love that they just casually mention that every once in a while and that type of thing yeah yeah like oh this is the line that that he says when he's listening to the recorder where he calls himself a blowhard he's like and you need to decide whether you want a man or a boy 
I know how I how I'd answer. <laughs> oh, Tobias, you blow hard. <laughs> oh, and him in the member, he has the family band that goes and like pushes drugs. <laughs> Like, there's so many different layers to Tobias. Every time I just think about him a little bit, and something else comes up. What about some of the secondary characters? Because there were a lot. I know, that's... Um, yeah, I had a list here of... Uh, Henry Winkler is easily my favorite. Do you consider him a secondary character or kind of in the core? Because he's in so many episodes. No. He's in 31 episodes, but he wasn't, like, a main character in each episode. He was very... Off to the side. Like, one of my favorite things is when he doesn't, uh, um, he gets the plea deal for George Sr. And he just never reads it. He's like, it was, did you see how thick that was? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, from that episode, too, he's like, I, I've been trying to get back into dating, so I didn't have time to read it. And it cuts to him pulling up to a prostitute. And he is like, "Are you, you're not one of those silly men that looks like a woman, right? And she's like, no, baby, I'm the real deal. He speeds off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like the the one scene where he goes into the he goes to the bathroom and uh looks at himself in the mirror and does the Fonzie thing like hey I don't need to do anything like I I absolutely loved him um I really liked Carl Weathers as himself I thought that was he's my that he's my favorite wrinkle. secondary character baby baby you got a stew he's like. The fact that he was like trying to be like this poor dude, like in all the situations, like oh, I'm working on this movie with Burger King. <laughs> yeah, though the movie of the um, Bluth family, that's that's what it was. And he was playing Ice, the bounty hunter. Um, the other one that I really liked, which I just thought was creative as hell, was Andy Richter as Donnie Richter, Emmett Richter, Rocky Richter. Richter. He was like, a, I think he was a. Uh, not triplets. They were what's the Quintu- quintuplets? I think. Yeah, there was something like that. But he played like each different one. He's like, I'm the tough one. I'm this one. I'm that one. One of them's one of their faces were blurred out, but <laughs> it was like through artist reconstruction, we we were able to determine that this is what they just copy and paste the face onto. Him. I also love um Jean Parmesan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an answer on a captcha for me one time. It was like I had to type out Jean Parmesan. Which I, I thought he was wasn't like awesome. hiding. He wasn't in disguise. <laughs> and then just <laughs> Lou seals. <laughs> I'm glad you did it because I was thinking about trying to react, and I'm like, no, I can't make that sound. <laughs> well, so that's that's sort of a recurring theme. Whenever Jean Parmesan comes around, we already mentioned her. Um, another lo- recurring theme. Well, we can totally get back to secondary characters, but. Um, you just got me thinking about uh, recurring themes. Um, Job looking deeply at something and saying, I've made a huge mistake. Um, that's one of my favorite. And then the chicken dance. Each one of them has a chicken dance that it looks absolutely... <laughs> has anyone in this family even <laughs> seen a chicken? <laughs> it's like Job got in trouble one time in Mexico because that's like an inflammatory thing to do down there. <laughs> they leave Anne in Mexico. Um, speaking of recurring themes... Do you guys like that the previews for the next episode are, like, never in the next episode? Oh, I love that. And they're, like, important plot points, too. Like, a lot of times they reveal very important information. Yep. I think I think originally watching it, like, I, like, was watching a few episodes. I was like, wait a minute. Weren't they supposed to, like, show this scene? Like, wasn't that in the preview? And then I was like, oh, I'm dumb. Yeah, they're... 
Yeah, well, I didn't. I don't understand why they did it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it was hilarious. Yeah, the whole style of the show, I think, is very unique and quirky, and that's just one piece of it. What uh, are there any other secondary characters? I kind of derailed this there, but for you guys, let me see. Like, I really liked. Uh, Ed, I mentioned him, Ed Begley Jr. as um, Stan Sitwell. Sitwell, yeah, he had the company Stan Poor. Because he sit well as ops. Oh no, that was Lucille. Um, I mean Ben Stiller as uh, Tony Wonder. Did somebody say Wonder? And like, like when he when he first appears, and he just does like the stupid like like a joke that like a like a fourth grader would do, where they like grab a pencil and be like ah 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 oh my god, and like they like pretend to pull it out of their eye. And then the one time they you think he's gonna do that and they're like oh what's gonna happen and then uh, he actually he actually just ran into a chair and hurt his leg did you guys know i i didn't realize this before episode ninja which is a great website that people should visit um that jay chandrasekhar directed some episodes he's directed a shit ton of episodes for like very like um i had no idea yeah, he did a lot of like Chuck, uh, which I think was roughly the same era as Arrested Development and shows like that. Yeah, I think he's done Modern Family. He's done because all these TV directors they just hop around. That's like a thing. Dude, I completely forgot. I completely forgot about Martin Short, the guy who couldn't walk. He had the guy carry him around. Toss me. <laughs> it was like their uncle. <laughs> what about Peahound? <laughs> wow, I'm kind of surprised just looking at that. I'm going up and down the list right now. There's a lot more season three, season four episodes up towards the top that I would have expected. And the pilot, which I didn't think the pilot was great, but the pilot, according to episode ninja, is rated number 56. Yeah, I mean, this is another tough one where it's like the spread between at least the the first three season episodes has got to be pretty small. And then they're just such a consistently high quality. Like, again, this is another one, though, the number one episode's the finale, like... I didn't think that finale was that great. They get off way on the boat. Like, Lucille drives the actual Queen Mary off the dock. Like, that's not possible. Um, exit strategy again. Now, these are all just towards the end of season, the actual, the end of season three. The top three are all season three, which I was very surprised. But my favorite episode comes in at number four. Not my favorite, but probably one of my favorite episodes comes in at number four, which is Meet the Beals, as I've already said. What are some of your guys' favorite episodes? Thinking back, I love the whole and it and it might be season four, so oh no, but the whole thing where um Michael hires Job to like sell the houses in that like subdivision and he like sells it to all the pedophiles. And then George Michael comes and they all run up. And they're like, oh, hey, how old are you? And he's like, 22. What? 22? And you look like you're 14? And then, like, he has the, uh, he has a housewarming party and, like, everyone's buying him gifts and stuff like that. And, like, they're, like, playing around in the pool. It's just, I don't know. It's hilarious. Interesting. That wasn't funny. Definitely don't have any season four or five. Oh, uh, no, because you don't remember it. That's why. No, I do. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just didn't find that very funny. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big uh, pedophilia guy, but if you are, it's fine. I mean, 
We'll get that on the record. Care to, to deny? I'm just being silent because your joke's not landing, but continue. No, I I got nothing to say. Yeah, I don't know. This is one where I have a hard time picking favorite episodes because like the, the individual episodes don't really stand out to me compared to some other sitcoms. Like I remember more plot lines like the, the Mr. F plot line, which ran for like five or six episodes and and that sort of thing. Mr. F. Yeah, it's 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 because because you're not, you know, there's not like one specific story that's happening in this episode that you can remember, you know, um, it's not like a Seinfeld where you're like, oh, it's a soup Nazi episode or it's the, you know, whatever uh, pony episode or something like these are just like blurred all over the place. Yeah, for me, it's more of like highlights from episodes like season one, episode 22, the Let Him Eat Cake. I don't I don't even know what Let Him Eat Cake is in reference to, but I remember from that episode, Tobias writes the book, The Man Inside Me, which becomes huge in the gay community. And he gets, you know, big money and Lindsay is about to divorce him, but then he gets this money. Did you did you read that there's a thing where like he is secretly or well, not secretly, but like he's an albino? Who? Uh, Tobias. David Cross? Not David Cross, Tobias. Like, just look up Tobias Albino, and there's, like, this whole thing where, like, there's, uh, I guess, and possibly, like, a, a joke between the writers where there's, like, these jokes. But he doesn't have there's, red eyes. There's jokes about uh, some of his dialogue, like, like, saying, like, oh, he's really black or something like that. I was reading it today. Like, I never heard of it either. Interesting. Uh, no, had not uh, had not heard that one. Um, like another one from season two that stands out to me is the Immaculate Election, where George Michael runs for president, student body president, which he would have won if he got the Christian vote, um, but he didn't because he let Joe be his campaign manager, and Joe makes the commercial about Steve Holt not having a father, and it was just <laughs> there was like a there's like an Indian kid that was running in. Uh, who's running for president and Job is in the stands yelling, go back to Iraq or yell, yell all this racist shit. And then it's just, again, little things like that, like stand out to me. And then like, in terms of like favorite seasons, I, I really can't choose. I would, it's a rare one where I would probably say like the first season is my favorite. There are not many shows that I watched that I think the first seasons was, was great. Usually they get off to a rocky start. I did not think that was the case with, Arrested Development. Yeah, it's like they they were good from the get go. Like even the like a really good plot line with Maggie Lizer. Like if you had asked me, it's like oh that was probably like season two or season three. It's like nope, that was see like yeah halfway through season one. That was season one. Oh, I'm not even. We didn't even mention um, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as the attorney. Who pretends to be blind? Do we talk about that? No. Uh, I yeah, it's a, it's the alter ego episode. I um I I meant to mention it, but yeah, it's all it's one of my favorite episodes. Alter ego, yeah, it's that is five. a great episode. Like the like her when I think when she makes coffee in the morning is like one of the funniest and then and the then when um I think Tobias was breaking into her apartment and then she's just like walking around with like the baseball bat, like her look <laughs> on her face. <laughs> as right before she beats the shit out of him is just hilarious he's cloaking himself in her scent 
And they brought her back, too, which was brought her back as pregnant, quote unquote. But, of course, it was her another scam that she was trying to pull off to. <laughs> like, again, I don't want to, like, dig too deep. But, like, how do you how do you pretend to be blind for. <laughs> it's just such a great, great little appearance. Yeah, and the way, like, this show is so smart. Like, the way they even did, like, her faking being pregnant. It's like, all right, you assume she's faking, and then they trick you because she had bought, like, the higher quality, like, fake pregnancy stomach. And then it's like, okay, she was actually faking. Yeah, for the two gay cops, which were great. Another two guys that popped up every once in a while that were absolutely hilarious. Are there any other quotes or anything? I mean, we really only talked about Tobias quotes, I feel like. So probably my favorite quote, uh, and I don't even remember what leads to this, but um, Job and Michael are talking, and I think uh, Michael says, uh, get rid of the C word. And (laughs) Lucille just walked in, and she's like, I'll leave when I'm good and ready. (laughs) And he was talking about the boat, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, one from Lucille is, apparently mood-altering medication leads to street drugs. That's what this very handsome young doctor said on the Today Show. Mom, that was Tom Cruise, the actor. They said he was some kind of scientist. Anything from you, Chris? Uh, I mean, it's 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 one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? I always think Buster comes in with his awards from Army. And they're for just from the claw machine. And he's, Army had half day today. This is for marksmanship. <laughs> <laughs> this is for sand racing. Uh, Buster's got some pretty good quotes, too. Like, yes, they even touched my Charlie Browns. <laughs> Unlimited juice? This party's going to be off the hook. Do you think I could have a hit of this ju- of that juice box? I like when uh, Lindsay's making hot ham water, and he, he says, it's so watery, and yet there's a smack of ham to it. <laughs> Do you guys like all the... There's a ton of, like, callbacks and recurring jokes, like, like her, like, do you guys like those, or do you think they overuse it? No, I love it because it's not even like the her thing is not just a Michael thing. That was a George Michael thing too. Because when, or I'm sorry, George Senior, when he was up in the attic, living in the attic for how long, he was like watching his own funeral, and he like somehow saw Anne, and he you could hear him through the vent. Her. Like, so even even they were in on it. Like, I, no, I, I never got sick of those. Like, like Job's, the uh, the other recurring theme that I failed to mention that I wanted to mention was Job, um, The Final Countdown. Anytime I hear that song now, all I can think about is Job and Buster dancing on stage together right before they make the boat disappear by blowing it up with Kitty on board. <laughs> I like... Um... Like, they do a lot of the no touching. I feel like that comes up a lot because that, like, came up outside of the jail setting and something. Um, Got the worst fucking attorneys. (laughs) One of my my other favorite, and I don't even know if this counts as a recurring joke, is I feel like this show was early on in their masterful use of bleeping out curse words. Like, one of my favorite instances is uh, plus Buster just goes on a rant about Lucille. That's in bringing up Buster. He just wants to join in on the siblings like trashing their mom and <laughs> Michael's just taken aback. He's like, well, I don't think anybody's going to top that. 
Yeah, because like right before, because Buster says like one thing, and Job's like, "Ah, even Buster's getting in on the old lady." And then he just goes off about how she's like this old whore. <laughs> oh God! Do you guys um did when you guys were rewatching it? You guys were rewatching it on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when they in season four, when they were showing clips of like earlier seasons and it had the watermarks of like copyright like fox or something like that like that's that was like a joke right like that wasn't yeah i i googled that too because i'm like what the hell and yeah apparently because i guess they there was a different watermark in the first version and then they changed it in the the remix who just came across a joke quote portugal gonna live it up old south america way hey eh, mikey they even bring that back a couple times too <laughs> And I also love um, how, like, dumb maybe is with math. You have to expound upon that one. I don't recall. I don't. I don't think I. I need to do. It. She's just real dumb at math. That's all I got to say about that. I mean, I am too, but that doesn't make me <sighs> funny. Well, we're laughing at you, Dan. Um, You're laughing with me. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. Who do you guys think aged the worst between season three and four? Well, it's just Portia de Rossi. She looks like a different person. Whatever she did to her face is too much. I, I don't know what it was, but she looked terrible. I couldn't even, I, I, I mean, sorry. No, you know, I'm not trying to shame here. I'm sure Portia's a listener, but um, I, I couldn't believe how different she looked. Could not believe. So I, I would, I would have said her. I think a, a close third place is Michael Sarah, but I'm gonna have to go with first place to the actor. I don't know his name who plays Steve Holt. Like he looks like he aged twenty years in between those shows. Yeah, he looks like he's forty two. Yeah. Yeah, I, forgot, I kind of forgot about that. I wonder um, what year did uh, Portia marry Ellen? It's been a while. I think. I have no idea. Yeah, they've been together for a long time. Because I wonder if she's just doing a lot of plastic surgery to just, you know, make sure she doesn't get dumped. I'm going to go with yes. Her face just looks, her face just looks so. Because I feel that, I feel that Ellen has gotten a lot of plastic surgery done too. It drove me, it drove me fucking nuts. I think it's season four when they go to India and Tobias literally sits right behind uh, Lindsay the entire trip, but they never see each other. He literally sits behind her on what, like a twenty-hour plane ride to India, and they never see each other. Like, how does that even happen? Shit, shit like that drove me nuts in the last season. They just kept doing stuff like that. Um, did you guys know that the Bluth car had a cameo in Captain America: Civil War? I did not. That sounds familiar. Now, because I was going to bring that up too, like the directors of uh, a bunch of the. Avengers movies directed some episodes of Arrested Development. They started as TV directors. The Bluth uh, stair cars at an airport in a scene. Um, did you know that Nellie, the George Senior's prostitute, who Michael mistook for his sister, uh, was actually Michael or was actually Jason Bateman's sister? Yeah, Justine. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. This one, I don't know that I understand fully. Um, the Bluths are based on the Corleone family from The Godfather. I I always read that it was based off Mitch Horowitz's family. He had said that. That's what I thought, too. 
I haven't seen The Godfather enough. Maybe it's like it roughly, you know, like they make the map of like, oh, these Simpsons characters equal these Arrested Development characters. Maybe it's something like that. Um, the story of Tobias losing his medical license is a true story that did happen to a doctor who mistook a man sleeping. I already said that David Cross fought for the mustache and was going to be played by someone else. Wasn't um, Rain Wilson almost cast in in this as something? I I think he I, I think he almost got Job. I I could see that I think because when I was looking when I was looking up stuff today, well, the creator of the show wanted to have Howard Stern and Jerry Bruckheimer have cam- have cameos. Yeah, he auditioned to be Job. The banana stand is based on a real business. Um. I think Will Arnett aged a lot, too. And it's kind of weird, too, because I feel that, like, um, what did I watch him in? There was, like, something where he, like, lost a fuck ton of weight for some new show. And I don't know if it was, like, right after him and Amy Poehler got divorced, but he was, like, like lost, like, 40 pounds. And he was, like, super, super skinny. And, like, now he, like, gained it all back. Yeah, even, like, he looked... The same, I thought, in season four, but then between season four and five, like, I don't know what happened. But yeah, he looks a lot older now. But got that Lego movie money. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Like, why stay in shape when you can be a voice actor and get paid? Right. One of my favorite Job quotes, too, is he's like, let me ask you something. Is this a business decision or is it personal? Because if it's a business decision, I'll go away happily. But if it's personal, I'll go away but I won't be happy. And then Mike Lanchos, <laughs> it's personal. Like I, that's what the, I like. There's just so many great lines. Michael in the first three seasons. And then like later on. Cause he wasn't stupid. He wasn't stupid. Yes. To your point earlier, he wasn't stupid. And then like in the later seasons, like when he was like, Oh, I'm going to hang out in my son's dorm room. Like when he votes himself out of the dorm, like that whole shit was, they, I know what they're going for. Like, I think they thought that was going to be really funny. That was not funny at all. It was just stupid. And then they, you know, had like the fucking a callback to that, like eight episodes later. And you're like, what? Like even like having George Michael right on there, like Michael parentheses dad. Like why would uh, there was just so much stupid shit like they just tried to force comedy, like maybe living with George Michael. Okay, I it was disappointing. It was disappointing. But. I don't let it taint the first three seasons. I like the gay mafia, like Lucille 2's brother. Do you remember him? He was like, he he ran the like rehab clinic. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then he like turned out to be like the leader of the gay mafia. And they got Job and he was like tap dance. and be like, listen to this. This is the last thing you're going to hear. Me tap dancing on your grave. The fact that fucking... Uh, Isla Fisher is is playing Rebel Wilson, and she like fucks Michael Saron and like, ugh. And Jason Bateman, right? Well, yeah, but I could see her fucking Michael, but not George Michael. I mean, I guess she was fucking George Harris, but did you guys have a favorite Joe illusion? Because because we know it's not a trick. A trick is something a whore does for money, which is another great Joe line. My favorite is when he buried himself. In his father's grave and broke the news to Buster that his dad was dead right there and got knocked in the hole. And with the, and he got on the he got on the cover of Poof magazine as the poof goof of the year. 
Um, I liked when he was trying to do like the Christian magic and bring himself back to life or whatever. And he got trapped in the rock and like they were moving the rock everywhere. And he was like writing help on his finger and sticking it out of the hole. Yeah. Did they like sell that to George Sr.? a sweat lodge too like that got around even that yeah like thing got around to multiple different that was funny that was one of the funnier things of the fourth or fifth season was when george was running the ceo camp and he would like go into the sweat lodge and then switch himself out with oscar and make oscar go do it that was funny i will say that but so where's this one land for you guys it's it's hard for me to, I, I, like I said, I like to break them up into one and two, but I don't know that we're allowed to do that. So I think for me, it's it's going to be really difficult because I think four and five really drag it down. But what do you guys put this at rating wise? I probably put this at like an A, you know, like I, I think that the concept's really original. I love the characters, great cast. And I feel that it has, especially seasons one through, one through three, um, there's a huge rewatchable factor, you know, um, you know, I just finished watching that and I kind of even, I could go back next week and rewatch some of those episodes just cause they're so fucking good. And it's not what, you know, it's like one of those, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the office is still rewatchable. Like, you know, everything's going to happen. You know, Jim and Pam are going to get together, but like, whoa, 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 whoa. This shit is uh, so good that you can rewatch it. Completely agree. I wish I had a shuffle feature for Arrested Development, but sadly I do not. What do you got, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with what Chris said. I think I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go like 8.5 because I think the first three seasons are so good. Like, if it had just stopped there, I probably would have rated it like 9.8 or something like that. Like, it's up there with, like, you know, one of my favorite examples is, like, Golden Age Simpsons, where it's, like, it's just so consistently good. Like, the episodes are so densely packed with jokes, it's ridiculous. Like, the cast is incredible. and But then, you know, the, the fourth and fifth seasons mar it a little bit, obviously, so... Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, Steve. I would have had it in the high nines if it would have stopped season three. Um, but I would I would put it at 8.4. That's that's what I came in at. Um, the rewatchable factor, like Chris said, is just so high on a show like this because we mentioned it earlier. I, I'll, I'll watch it now and I'll pick up something that I didn't catch the first 10 times I watched it. Like still, like there'll be just small little things going on in the background. Like I, there's... <laughs> There's one thing I know this probably should have taken me a little quicker to figure out, but there's like one scene where um, Tobias is talking about how he's going to be on a movie set and how those movie sets are all so decked out with things and, and you know, food and things like that. And he opens a he opens a cabinet and there's one granola bar in there for him. Like, that's the only thing in there. And it's like they're making fun of themselves within it. And it's like there, there's just so many meta jokes in within the show that it's like it's so rewatchable in that regard. And it's like... The fourth and fifth season, I guess, are rewatchable because they're so goddamn confusing that you have to watch them multiple times. But I don't sit there and be like, ah, yeah, let's get to season four or five for the rest of the development. Like, Chris, I, I don't, I don't think I understood this. Did you watch the recut season four or the or the regular season four or both? 
I watched half of the original season four and the entire remix season four and then almost all of season five. I literally probably have like two or three more episodes and then I've watched them all. And Steve, you just watched the finale. I honestly forgot. How does it end? Uh, so it ends with like the family has been kind of broken up prior to that. Um, they do the reveal, which I guess I spoiled for you guys that Lindsay is uh, Lucille's sister. Um, but then everyone's sort of like reunited again. Uh, you find out that Buster killed Lucille Ostero. Um, but yeah, they're kind of back together at the end. Does Buster go to jail? No, he, well, he, he like confesses basically because they, I don't know how to explain it. Like they're, her body is in a, in the wall, um, but then they dig her. They dig the body out because they think it's a mannequin, but it's actually Lucille. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I did it." But there's a police officer there, and he's like going to radio in for backup or whatever. So I don't know. I vaguely remember it now. But like Chris said, I think mentioned earlier, by that point I was on my phone for more than half the episodes. I just couldn't. It was just too convoluted, but. Great show, nonetheless. One I will rewatch multiple, multiple times more. I have no doubt about it. I will probably skip seasons four and five, but um, yeah, I would say one of the one of the weirdest shows, just in terms of its story. You know, the fact that it was it was so fucking good in those first three seasons, but nobody was watching it. It's just crazy to me. It's just I wonder what would have happened if a show like this. With this quality of cast and this quality of writing, would have come out now if it would have just been an absolute smash hit, or if it would have ha- suffered the same fate? It'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, at at that era, like Fox was kind of notorious for this sort of thing. Like they would air shows out of order, um, like a, a thing, uh, undeclared a Judd Apatow show. Like they did that to to that show, and it just didn't make any sense. Like, and then they canceled it after one season. Like Firefly is a the biggest example of a show that people love and got canceled after one season. That was a Fox show, like during the same time period as Arrested Development. Like they just didn't know how to handle the good shows that they were making. And they were in an era where people couldn't go back and rewatch. I mean, you couldn't. There was no on demand. There was no streaming. There was no, you know, watching it online. It was if you missed it, you missed it. You probably missed some damn important things and it was hard to get back into it I would assume so really if you weren't a day one fan it must have been difficult to get into yeah they were probably they just barely missed the streaming bandwagon like I said I remember watching it on early Hulu like and that was three or four years after it came out so the timing just wasn't quite right any final thoughts I'm trying to think of some clever quote to end the show with but I can't so I'll leave that to you Dan oh I I get to get left on a quote huh a million fucking diamonds <laughs> yeah you got anything better Dan um most of mine I've already read to be honest Job I should be in charge I'm the older brother Michael do you even want to be in charge no but I'd like to be asked that's all I got Awesome. Great show, guys. We'll see you. See you next time. We're good at outros. Bye. Bye.